0: understanding among us. Let peace and friendship be our shelter from life's storms. Shalom, and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you
1: enjoy the selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. When we sat down earlier this week to talk about what this sermon might look like, um, Rabbi Greenstein asked me, what, what music moves me? And um, I had to confess, all of it does. All of it does in, in different ways, very special ways that um, it's hard to explain sometimes with words and that's why it's called music, but um, it's very easy when you're constantly immersed in music that you, you forget what it is that you're doing and what your purpose is. Um, the, the piece that I'd like to play for you is something that I found moves other people and myself in a way that not every piece can. It's um, the meditation from Thais. And I don't often get a chance to explain my deep personal history with a piece and how I feel. And so I'm grateful for that opportunity. I don't know when I first played this, I was probably eight or nine, I don't know. It was, I was very young, it was um, one of the first, I believe, performances I did for a hospital but ever since then, it's been always there in my fingers. Um, the piece comes from Thais, which is an opera written by Jules Massenet, uh, premiered in 1894. And the plot is more or less condensed that uh, we're in Egypt in the fourth century, and there's this monk, Antonelle, and he has this dream And he sees in this dream, he sees this um, courtesan, Thais, who was living in Alexandria at the time. And he has this vision. And he tells his colleagues, I must go talk to her. She is a disgrace. She is disrespecting God. I have to show her. I have to convert her. I have to make her stop her evil ways. And so he goes to this party where she is, and anyway, after the party, she's in her dressing room, and she's lamenting, she's saying, my looks will fade, the beauty will fade, and then what is left? There's not much. And so Antonelle comes, and he, he she tries to seduce him at first, and it doesn't work, and then she says, she confides in him, she says, I'm afraid no one will ever love me, and he says, well, I can show you, I can introduce you a love that will never go away, that will always be with you, that is eternal. And so then she chases him out, but she meditates on it, and this is where this piece fits in in the larger context of the opera. When she emerges from this meditation, she, tells him she's ready, and so he makes her burn her house down, get rid of all her possessions, and penance for her is walking across the desert, barefoot, all the way to the convent. And uh, he tells her she's evil and she must repent, and anyway, so the nuns receive her, and then it occurs to him that his job is done, but he will never see her again. And so he goes back to his home and he's completely disrupted his life. And a few months later, he has another vision of Thais, except this time she's dying. And he runs to his colleagues and he tells them, I've made a horrible mistake. I've made a horrible mistake, there is no God. I have to go tell her, and he runs to the convent, and the nuns are comforting her as she is on her deathbed, as his vision showed him, and they have declared her so pure, they have declared her a saint. And he goes and he runs to her and he says, Thais, there's nothing uh, on this earth except for what's here, there's nothing above the earth, please, I've made a horrible mistake, and she. She can't hear him, and she ascends to the heavens, and he collapses in despair, and the opera ends. Obviously, there's a lot of nuance um, within that story. It's not very clear-cut, as most opera plots are not but it's definitely not an Aesop fable with a moral at the end. And it's really up to us to take our own ideas of what it is, or just leave it and respect it for the art that it is. What I do know is that this meditation is one of the most powerful pieces I know. I have played this so many times uh, without accompaniment because I've found myself in so many situations where I'm told you have five minutes there's no pianist, play something, go. And I, I you know, so I have to come up with something, and this piece works so well for that. Um, I've played this for worship services. I've played this for when I was uh, playing at Temple Emanuel in New York on one of the violins of hope. They asked me, basically, they said, you have five minutes, go. And I said, okay, so I played this. It works very well for that. But it also works for other occasions, it works for funerals very well, and I've had families request specifically this piece, and it affects the soul in a way that is so wide-reaching to so many people, not all music can do that. I think what is um, most fascinating to me is perhaps the mirror image of how the peace brings Thais in a similar way to God that the peace can in real life. At the beginning of the meditation, Thais is uncertain and she's distraught and she's not sure what she's going to do. And by the end of the piece, she knows that... Uh, She knows what she has to do. She's given a relief and a resolve that is unmatched. And every time I play this piece, I think about all the people who've told me that it provides them the same. Thank you.